computers. This is Intelligent Performance. Welcome to Intelligent Performance, where we're fanatical about excellence in human endeavor. And today, we're looking at what does it take to create continued success? Not just a one-off, but what does it take to do it repeatedly again and again and again? And who better than our guest today, Ken Lynch, who's the Australian Sailing National Performance Pathway Manager. So what does that mean? Well, his job is to plan, prepare, and find the athletes and support their development to make sure that they don't just win medals this time around, but again and again and again in future Olympics. Ken's had an extensive career which we're going to touch on spanning from the 2012 Olympic Games where he was the manager of the Irish triathlon team. He then moved over to New Zealand and he's also served as the, uh, the head of talent development in the Irish Institute of Sport. So he's been around the world, he's got global experience and today we've got the opportunity to speak to him about what does it take to produce high performance again and again and again. Let's get into it. So Ken, thank you for joining us. And, and where I'd really love to start the discussion today is actually in terms of what your interpretation of high performance is. What does that mean to you? Why does this area really kind of attract you? And, and what does it kind of mean on a personal level? Yeah, I think high performance is constantly moving. Uh, the standards to be, I suppose, labeled as high performance are different now to what they were 50 years ago. So we're always in motion. The high performers probably have similar traits and ingredients to be able to enable them to deliver those levels and types of performances. And what attracts me to it is the process really of how, how we support people and to arrive at those positions where they can deliver a performance when it counts. Mm. So I think that process piece is really interesting, right? Because we, I was fortunate enough to speak to Dean Boxall, head coach of the one of the Olympic uh, swimming teams. And he was talking about, there's a fallacy, a common miss kind of pedal fallacy around, uh, you don't rise to the occasion, you lower to your training standard. And I thought it was really interesting. So I think I'd love to know a bit more about what's your role in terms of the Australian swimming team, in terms of, it sounds like you're not focused so much on today's, or sorry, the most upcoming Olympic, it sounds like it's much more kind of future focused than that. Is that correct? Yeah, my role is about sustainability and repeatability of success. And so when other people are looking at that next major pinnacle event, I'm generally in the one after or the one after. So for me, in terms of Olympic Games, I'm looking at LA and Brisbane, whereas most of the business in terms of high performance would be focused on, on Paris at the moment. So can you help us understand like when you're looking with that lens, what are you, how are you thinking about what, what are the components of su success that, that you see that you need to kind of factor in or build the process around? Yeah, part of it is uh, not compromising current performance. So mindful of that. So sure. we, could, we could rob Peter to pay Paul and then Peter doesn't win any medals. <laughs> uh, so, so we need Peter and Paul to win medals. Sure. That's a, a, that's the first thing in the equation. And then it's it's generating the right level of support, which would be coaching and performance support around the right athletes. So quality identification and, and development process to put them in a position to have an opportunity to go and win a medal at the Olympic Games or a World Champs. So it's there's there's a number of processes that fit along that chain, you know, identifying the right people in in athletes and coaches, having good process to bring them into the system and understand where they are and what they need to do. So be able to provide the clarity 
at that age and stage, these are the, this is the expectation. This is what we expect of you and what you can expect of us. Mm. And then flowing that through then for them to transition into higher levels of performance or, or for us, Australian sailing squad or the Australian sailing team, which does give them that opportunity then to go on and win Olympic or world medals if they're at that level. And so are you thinking about it from like, would you call it like talent pipelining? Is that a big part of what you're doing? Or is it more like, where are you making investments as a team? Where do you need to kind of, it sounds like you're not just solely focused on the team here or like the squad. It's really about having that, what does that squad look like? The squad personality, the coaches, would that be right? Just in terms of a bit more of a... Yeah, we're looking, we're looking for a type of person, you know, and sailing is... Uh, both sports have common threads and, and one of sailing's differences is the amount of variables involved in sport. So a more closed skill sport like like swimming or, you know, what, what individual pursuit on the track would have been like for cycling, mm. centimetres, sprinting, you know, the centimetres, ground second sports, they're one end of the spectrum where the other end of the spectrum in terms of uh, it's not as measurable and, and there are significantly more variables, which requires potentially a different type of athlete, an athlete that can understand the context, process that quickly, mm. and make effective decisions to get around the race course faster than anybody else. Mm. So how do you find that? <laughs> yeah. Not easy. <laughs> I can imagine, yeah. Like, so yeah, how do you think about that in terms of how do you find that type of personality? Like maybe what type of, what are some of the indicators you look for? Yeah, we, earlier, so we have a, we have a model where we where we look at we project what we think it's going to take to win and some benchmarks around that which would be technical elements you know sailing specific elements related to whatever class they sail and then there'll be some physical benchmarks that are easiest easier for us to measure uh, and then we just have a runner regression model back from a lot of those as we do that the funnel kind of widens a little bit but it's harder to be as objective earlier in the pathway because they're further away from when we expect them to deliver a pinnacle level event. Therefore, you know, they've got a little bit more time to learn. They've got a little bit more time to bounce around within whatever those parameters are. But at the same time, there's a rate of progression required for them to get to a games in, in, in this case for us, five years or nine years time. Right. When we look at decision makers, good decision makers are on and off the water. One of our criteria before athletes get categorized is uh, curious learners. So do they ask good questions? Do they, do they learn? Do they apply the learning? And then can they review and understand what works for them? So that type of practice is something that we are keen to identify early. And then we put them in the right environment and, and put the conditions for success in front of them with the right type of dynamics that you mentioned around the right type, type of coaching and type of coaches that really understand development mm. and, and then bring them through. We're not really going to accelerate them, but we can optimize their speed of learning and rate of progression and, and how they apply that into the training environment or, or and then competition environment. Mm. Okay, interesting. To talk to that curious learner part, right? Because I feel like our school system does a pretty bit good job of trying to get that out of people most of the time <laughs> certainly doesn't celebrate mistakes often and doesn't treat that kind of difference very well so like how do you see people cultivate that like is it 
is it a learn skill is it more like is it yeah like something you're born with what do you think yeah no, I, don't, I don't think previously i would have said we were looking for learners and um and i changed that to put curious in front of it because i think some people haven't learned how to learn yet or haven't been in an environment where they were able to learn or learning was optimal mm. so we have to be pretty good you know at changing our approach to delivering messages to give people the opportunity to learn and then we can assess if they're a learner or not sometimes it's like assessing people on timeliness when their parents drop them off so we have to be fair and give them the <laughs> yeah that's it. so and rates of learning may increase or decrease with what's going on at that stage of their life because mm. it's complicated for let's say people in their late teens shifting into university which is the age that we're probably looking at right or for sales that will deliver in the future so so mindful of that um, but yeah you know they can get they can learn to ask better questions they can learn to distill information and a and understand what's most pertinent to them and they can learn to apply and test that or prototype things i think that could be learned i think all that can be learned it's just yeah. how, how quickly can they learn yeah. Oh, yeah. interesting yeah it's, i think it's a fascinating um it's interesting that's kind of one of the first attributes you look for and i guess from there a lot of the stems because then if you and, and so you mentioned you then put them in the what was it the environment success or something like that i think I've mis misquoted you slightly. What do you what do you see that? What is that for a sailing athlete? What does that look like? Yeah, I think that those conditions for success. You know, it, it's we care, but it, but it's high performance, so there there is an edge to it. You know, there is there is selection on the line. There is an element of performance. I think if we think about down our end of the high performance pathway, there is. A need to learn to compete and learn to win. Yep. But the weighting of that is probably reduced compared to further up the pathway where you, you need you need to have top whatever results or medals to guarantee funding. So um, all athletes at all levels of the high performance pathway are looking to develop always, but the weighting of the objective pieces in terms of results, we try and reduce them down. Down, down our end of the pathway so that people can prototype test you know it's going to get complicated before it gets simple so you've got to give them the opportunity for it to get complicated they can't just follow the line of somebody else and expect to get the same result so how do they find out what works for them well without testing around the edges that that's not going to happen so we've got to provide that we've got to have coaches that are mindful of that that are happy to label parts of sessions or sessions where hey you can fail here that's okay you know, or or sessions where it's about performance. So we in this session we can't make mistakes. So so you know whether they whether they pass with flying colours or they or they don't, and they it's whether it's what they learn from it. So both things can offer the opportunity to help to provide provide another piece to the jigsaw around what's going to work for them in the future. And that's mm -hmm. what we're building, right? We're building the jigsaw around technically, tactically, physically, mentally, environmentally, how they're going to deliver success in the future, which we see them on the podium at a, a world Olympic level. Yeah, right. So a couple of things which stood out there, I love that care, but with an edge, right? 
I'm intrigued because I feel like that would be a highly universal business concept in many ways in that it's that juggle, right? I, I like part of what I do with my wife is we, we deliver events. Notice that we're very supportive with our team, but there's certain times where we really can't. Now's not the time to make a mistake now. And it's like we really need to bring it. So I'm intrigued to know how do you, how, if you had to, how would you advise someone to implement care, but with an edge? What does that look like? Well, I think caring is the first piece around creating con connections. So, you know, if it's very hard to work with somebody at the level where you're going to push people to a threshold or, or, or slightly past so you know where the threshold is if, if they don't think you care. Mm. And so yeah, I think we work with coaches that do care and want to see these people progress and be successful. So that's an important ingredient to put into the mix first, that the edge is around, is around what good looks like. So, and once we know where that is, and once we know where athletes are in relation to that, there's an honesty that needs to come into the conversation to enable us to close the gap. And sometimes that's edgy. Sometimes that is confronting and sometimes it needs to be managed really well around how to close the gap. And, and, and many times, because not everybody makes it, people won't be able to close the gap. And that requires another conversation that says, look, this is high performance. And when we draw the line, you're below it. But part of the care is being able to rationalize that or being able to communicate and articulate that well. So they understand, mm. you know, any, any discussion like that around deselection, it, it should never be a surprise. Mm. Okay. It should be always part of the work on the way through that these were the targets we were trying to hit. And we knew how important these particular ones were to performance and, and, and selection or reselection. Uh, so, so yeah, if they come into that meeting and it's a, a surprise, that's a worry for us. And, and that would suggest that we didn't care. Right? That's interesting. So it sounds like clearly communicating what, what good looks like or what the standard is or whatever that line is, is actually a key part of it. So I love that you said that if it's a surprise, then that's a concern. Whereas if it's openly communicated and then everyone's on the same page, then we all kind of know that, hey, Ken, you know, you turn up five and it's like, what the hell, you know, like, and, it, and it's, that's not aligned with what we're trying to achieve. So I think it's, um, that's really interesting that I think, and I think that's probably really quite, probably easier sometimes to achieve in sport than it is sometimes to achieve in business, maybe. Yeah, I think, I think there's two parts to it. One is when you step into that business or that sport or that program or whatever that is, there's a clear frame that you're stepping into. That's part of, the, of, of achieving clarity early on. You know, when you accept a job, what are you stepping into? So what's expected of you and, and what can you expect of it? Then we've got in sport and in business, we've got KPIs and they're the targets and that's based on strategy suggests what good looks like. And these are the markers and milestones that we need to achieve. And, and as you work towards those, you know whether you're on track or not. And so you get to that position and the conversation is very similar to a sport conversation. We didn't close the gap between where you were and that milestone or that KPI. Um, so there's either, there may be a consequence or there may not be a consequence or there may yep. be a shift in strategy, whatever that is, but the, but the clarity is still there or the clarity is still on offer for mm. those. How do, one of the most interesting topics from a lot of people we talk to, especially when they're trying to learn leadership or 
is managing like really difficult conversations. Like, how do you approach that? Because I'm sure in a high performance world, that's what it's all about, really. Like, it's about that that next level, right? Which isn't necessarily easy to achieve, or is it not easy to achieve on your own? Would, would that be fair to say? Yeah, I, I don't. They're challenging. They're challenging, but I don't know if they're only difficult if you don't prepare well or you haven't set the frame well, you know, like if the expectations were clear, I don't think, I think it takes the the sting or pressure out of those conversations because you're already talking from the same platform. Mm. It might be, it might be challenging or difficult on the front of the realization that maybe someone isn't at the level, you know, and that's challenging. And sometimes, well, often we separate the, the selection decision from the rationale for the selection decision. So if someone's deselected, you don't have that conversation at the same time because likely to be emotive and and not really hear the rationale. So we separate them out. What do you mean? Is it like you mean separating like different times or you Yeah. Yeah. So um you may we would have a meeting so they would probably well I would hope they would be aware that yep. they they haven't hit targets and so a ladder will come through and they've been deselected and to book in a meeting with the coach and then and then the coach would explain the decision. Now, it's an offer. Not everyone takes that up. But, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, you know, I think it's it's been fairly prevalent in team sports around not select, not being selected for a game or not being selected for a squad. And I think it's I think it's good practice. Mm, I think um, it's, it's funny how you even re- responded there. Like, well, obviously, it's so obviously communicated. I think in many businesses, it's not so obvious that. I think that's really... Um, but I think... In your world, it would make sense that you'd have to make it crystal clear. And in fact, that's the that's that's how you achieve high performance in many degrees. That everyone is on the same page so so prominently. But that, is that yeah, right? we, have, we haven't really got time to meander, you know. So yeah. so we've got to find a direct route. And to do that, we've got to be accurate what we what we believe as accurate as possible, what we believe it's going to take to win. Yeah. In LA and in Brisbane for for me in this program and then be able to work that back and and be really deliberate around the learning and the practice to to be to to deliver that um, at that speed so if I can kind of get a bit nuts and bolts Ken because that's what I'm trying to make this really applicable not just to people who might be sailors but someone who might be running a business and how they can what, what lessons I can take from this so you're thinking about Brisbane let's say how are you approaching it as a team? Like what discussions are you having around to kind of work out these are the what are you looking at first and foremost? What are the conditions you're thinking about? Is it like where they're actually going to be sailing or is it something different than that? We're pretty familiar with the venue and we'll spend people will spend more time in that, as will other countries if we get closer to say Brisbane. Yep. There's a whole build that needs to go into that to be able to execute a performance regardless of the conditions. And so yeah, we're, we're familiar with the prevailing conditions, but that's not to say what it's going to be like on the day, sure. on the days of competition. So being able to sail in various conditions, being able to sail well in various conditions is part of that. And so how do you build that? How do you build that exposure and experience over time to be able to do that? And that means going to sail in various conditions with different sea states, being able to execute that, first of all, consistently, then, consi- then, then under pressure, then consistently under pressure, then when it came. So, Sorry, there's a the build to it. Yeah. What was the last one you said there? Oh, uh, to deliver consistently under pressure when it counts. 
when it counts now what but yeah yeah so it's consistent then under pressure then consistently under pressure and then consistently under pressure when it counts is that right yeah yeah cool. okay there's no point in delivering your best performance in the heats true not, not that we have heats but 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 you know that that the thought of and we mentioned it previously but rising to the occasion how many people pb at an olympic games you know often races in sports that often races are strategic and if i think about athletics and the 800 or the 1500 or steeplechase or five tend to be more strategic you don't see doesn't tend to be a time trial so so that wouldn't see pbs but then uh, people are under pressure and do things differently so you know being able to deliver a pb performance in that type of arena is what we're trying to achieve okay interesting so how pressure is a really interesting one right because a lot of senior people when they i heard a story actually just recently a senior friend of mine he hired this quite senior lady but she'd always been a two ic right and she was a year into the role some stuff happened it was specifically around hr and he was trying to coach her through it, but she quit and he was really frustrated because he spent a year's worth of salary, which was not an insignificant number. And now he'd also lost a very senior HR person, which he needed to, to rehire. So how do you test pressure? Like, because that's, that's when it counts is a really interesting one, right? It's only a few times unless you go to Olympic Games. You know, like, how do you really test those things? What does that look like? Well, we try and be progressive about that. So not throwing people in a deep end from the off, but increasing the level and type of pressure over time which could be related to the difficulty of particular competition and so i think that progression is important i think there's part of us when we think about building that progression and you think about how it works in the like the case that you brought up mm. how do you avoid that happening by by building the skills prior to the moment and not realizing at that moment that the person wasn't able to cope with pressure. Mm. So was there any testing prior to that? It's a good, interesting question. Pro probably not. Yeah, this, this is the corporate world you're talking about. So Yeah, it's, you know, but part of it is, I think when, you know, when I think I'm in the business of sustainability and the business world, I would imagine, is in the game of sustainability, otherwise it wouldn't be a good business. So... Absolutely. Maybe a little more care and a little more time and attention to those things and a slowing down of another element or parts of the business to enable that results in more continuity, more sustainability, repeatability, and a patience around enabling people to progress. Um, part of it might be the clarity thing too. So while a KPI might provide clarity around the target, how much work do we do on spending time in understanding the person's ability to execute what is required to deliver the KPI. And we may have some people that hit KPIs really easily and we're not stretching them. So probably delving deep into irritating some HR people because I'm sure they do a fantastic job with what they've got, but do we pay enough time and attention to it? You know, I find in development, it's often not resourced as well as other areas of the business. And so we we don't do or we can't do as much as we would like and maybe maybe that's a, that's a similar position and, and and we just manage the fallout which is people 
arriving in a moment of pressure and not being able to cope and then having to having to tap out. Interesting. So it sounds like you might say that you should be able to predict that more than anything if you if you pay sufficient attention to it and, and test it prior, do you reckon? Yeah, well, in sport, there's certainties and uncertainties. So we know certain things are going to happen. Um, so we know when Olympic Games are going to happen because they're scheduled. We know, for example, when we're dealing with younger athletes, when they're going to leave school. And so we can prepare for that transition or when they're going to go to uni or leave uni, we can prepare for that. We know when competitions are, so they're going to be going overseas and we can prepare for that. And then there's other things that we know will happen, but we don't know when. So they're going to get injured, but we don't know when that is. And then there's other things that we don't know what they are or when they're going to happen. So we're trying to make a provision or make provision for the things that we do know, the things that we do know, but don't know when, and the things that we don't know and don't know when. So athletes that can manage challenge, adversity, resilient problem solvers, rather than just responders to specific incidents. Mm. So it's a bit more, certainly more holistic than it would have been in the past in right. terms of our frame on development and just feels more logical really yeah and so how are you doing that like are you doing that is that all in the on the water using races or are you doing can you go into a bit more behind the scenes the stuff you're doing out of the water you're doing psychometric testing you're doing you know you're going off to i know in the army sorry in the uk they like the rugby the england rugby team were going through commando training or something like that like they were trying to use different environments to do different things like how are you approaching that yeah, we're not down that avenue, <laughs> but, you know, we've got a performance support team that sits behind the, the on-water works. We've got psychology, nutrition, athlete well-being and engagement, strength and conditioning. So that, that we work as a team to understand who the person in front of us is. And when we know what they're trying to target based on our regression modeling, what the gap is and how we can work together to close that gap. And, and part of Part of that is it could be part of a session either on or off water where we generate some pressure or we we don't want to smooth the road for for young athletes. What we want to do is help them understand how to manage the challenge. And so some things we might take a bit of a, a bit of a lump out of it to make it more manageable, but we want to have them tested and challenged in environments where it's safe and then learn the skills that they can then go and apply in race environments or competition environments and increase the progression from there in terms of the difficulty or the level of challenge. Right. So would that be like conditions which they're sailing in or something else? Yeah, like there's always a progression, right? So so if you think of um Cirque du Soleil, they have prog trick progressions that are, you know, they start with something easy and then they do something a little bit more difficult and again and again and again and again until they get to a level of you know, mastery that they can go and deliver a great stage show that we all get to see, but they have to work to get to that point. And that would be the same with us. So, so gradually increasing the level of difficulty over time. And then, like we mentioned earlier, being, being consistent and then, uh, yeah, increasing the pressure, which could be, you know, yeah, it could be conditions, but it could be something's on the session, you know, the, you know, or, it could be coming close to the end of the year when we're looking at selections and they've got to deliver a performance at a domestic event. Um, and, it, and it might not be based on the result, but we need to see them execute these particular maneuvers, you know, sort of nine out of 10 plus. Right. 
And so that that's that increases the pressure, right? Okay, got it. Interesting. Very, very cool. I think um, more companies should be employing psychologists, nutritionists. What do you say? So behavioral scientists. <laughs> I think, wow, what an amazing insight they could provide in terms of yeah, a lot of it's like a they interview people and that's about it, right? And they get the CFO's perspective and what do you think? You know, like it's that's often the level of testing. Yeah, I think so. We we know we don't often use those as a head start. We we yeah. we employ people and then six months later we start talking about their individual development plan. Mm. And use any of the information that we garnered in a rigorous recruitment process to help give us a head start on that. So we've changed that a little bit here for sure, just even in terms of that for recruitment. Right. And a lot of time and energy on our coach development and their individual development plans to enable them to support these young athletes in achieving what they're looking to achieve. So so yeah, I think I think that's uh that's a good pickup in terms of yeah, how we how we understand what's in front of us and then help them close gaps. Yeah. Ken, I know we've we've gone well over time actually, and I wanted to just check you're okay for the time frame. I want to ask one last question if that's okay. If you've got a dash, I also appreciate that. So um, are we okay with the time? Yeah, far away. I do have to jump, but yeah, we'll get it. We'll do this one. Awesome. What's changed for you in terms of your, you know, across your career? What's been some of the biggest changes for you around your understanding or maybe how you think about high performance? What are one of the, some of the standouts which you go, I used to think this, now I think this, and here's why. Yeah, this one's fairly easy, I think. So I, I was a bit of a binary boy when I was younger so uh, it was either one or zero and um, and all the cones had to be in a straight line uh, you know if I was coaching and that line had to be all blue cones and that line had to be all yellow cones because then I'd be clear <laughs> instructions and and I just kind of realized paying attention to the wrong things you know the, the right things are the people in front of you and and those things are the things that enable you to help the people and so shifted much more to uh, point of working with the people in front of you to achieve a goal together or work together to achieve a goal rather than the goal being to put the cones in a straight line and have everyone execute the drill so it's uh yeah more away from science to art and part of the reason i took the role with sailing was challenging in that regard because it wasn't a centimeters ground second sport and quite comfortable in that those in those fields and this is much more about decision making and understanding of context and application of learning right so harder to measure harder to understand harder to identify the right people and in that too harder to be really clear on what the gaps are to close but i think i think we've worked really hard to to get to that point where we can be clear so being able to blend those two pieces but yeah I've moved way along the spectrum of binary to people uh, which I, which I'm fairly proud of actually because it, it took a bit of a shift I'm not fully there yet but um but um, it's a lot closer I think it takes great courage to change the way you think about the world actually and then to almost have to reject what you did previously and I, when I was growing up I used to like my relationship with my parents kind of had me move away from the, taking advice from any older person. <laughs> like, just like, obviously, 
everyone's like my parents i'm never gonna listen to anyone else and so it's really taken something to be more open to especially senior figures and and older men and thing and older women like it, it's really i guess yeah to be so blanking like that it's really inadvisable now i really admire your courage ken and um no, thank you so much. I've like I could keep talking to you for hours. This is like amazing, and we feel like we get super granular here in terms of like, yeah. And I think also massive amounts leaders, yeah, just can learn from what you're talking about here, uh, and the depths, the different approaches they could take in business to test and and to understand their people before they put their eyes in in those different environments. So look, thank you. I think it's been really, really valuable. Yeah, you're really welcome. Thanks for thanks for having me because I I do enjoy chatting about this. And you know, I've I have been in the business world and 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 talked to them about similar things and 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 public service agencies as well, just around how do you try and achieve this? And and I like the challenge of trying to shift it into different domains and mm -hmm. thinking slightly differently because I, that helps me too in hey am i checking and challenging myself in the sport arena and and applying the right things or looking in the right direction so i think it's good to keep good to keep the broad mind I think. yeah awesome amazing